This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo Daily, 10 years on, but what's the gathering all that? Ireland in the run-up to 2013 was not the happiest of places. During the good times, Ireland was a popular base for big businesses who were seeking low taxes in a thriving European economy. One of the largest US investment banks, Lehman Brothers, filed for bankruptcy this morning, leading to dramatic falls on global markets. Then the financial crisis hit. What is the Irish government doing to fix things? So government officials and tourism bosses decided to cheer everybody up. It's New Year's Eve and it's the launch of the Gathering 2013. I hope that we can emerge from the bailout program that we're in, that we can retrieve our economic independence, that we can fly again. But the largest ever tourism initiative in Ireland, the Gathering, was not to everyone's liking. I'm Siobhan McGuire and on today's episode we're looking back at that now infamous tourism initiative and trying to find out why it annoyed a Hollywood star so much. Because people are sick to death of being asked to help out in what they regard as a scam. One guy said to me, this is a scam. Joining me today is Irish Independence political editor Philip Ryan. Hi, I'm Conan O'Brien, and I'm in Dublin. 2013 is the gathering. We're encouraging everyone with Irish ancestry to come home to Ireland. It's going to be a blast. I mean you, Shaquille O'Neal. Get back here. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's do this! Philip, thank you so much for coming in today and talking to me about the gathering. We can remind everyone of this uh, tourism marketing initiative because it really was something that was rolled out on a grand scale. But before all of that, can you set the scene for us and tell me a little bit of what life in Ireland in 2013 was like? Yeah, it's easy to forget, isn't it? Because... People are living in the midst of 2023 now. And uh, look, there's the cost of living crisis. Everything is costing us a fortune. Getting through your daily life, uh, you seem to be handing out money, more money than you used to for absolutely everything. But at this point in time, the government is actually giving us money and, and has been handing out grants and has been paying towards our electricity bills and, and, and helping people with the cost of living crisis. But back then, we were in the grips of austerity. The, the Troika were still 
overseeing essentially all our budgets. They were keeping an eye over Michael Noonan, the then finance minister's shoulder when he was drafting his budgets and making sure that we were reducing spending. Granted, everything didn't cost as much, but we had come from that financial collapse, the property bubble bursting. Um, everybody who owned a house was in negative equity because the price of their houses just collapsed uh, when the property bubble collapsed. There was there was uh, ghost estates littered around the country, which we could really do it now. And every, There's no houses now, but we had all these sites that were just not being built anymore, uh, carcasses of what, of what were to be houses. Every October, people were bracing themselves, going, what were they going to do now? What type of austerity measures would they introduce? And how will that impact on their pockets? And it was just, uh, I think people now in, in recent years have got used to budgets, used to going like, okay, the pension's going to go up. Okay, my welfare is going to go up. Okay, there's going to be tax cuts. And, and that's the way it's been for recent years. But we were still in the middle of that awful period of austerity at the end of 2013 rather yet they were doing the budget for 2014 and at that stage the, the, the government then the, the, the Fine Gael Labour Party coalition were giving signals that austerity was ending but it still wasn't great people weren't rubbing their hands together going great come January I'm going to have a lot of money in my pocket so so, th so that was the scene at the time when they had uh, thought up this initiative this the gathering Ireland as they called it to promote tourism in the country Philip, you're bringing us back down memory lane and it was grim for so many of us, as you rightly point out. We had austerity um, and negative equity as the buzzwords and it really was a, a, a very tough time for everyone, pretty much like now with the cost of living crisis, as you also pointed out. Um, I'm thinking back to early 2013. We were all reeling still from the very tragic death of Savita Halapanavar. They came to mark the anniversary of her death, but also to demand change. Abortion services are now legally available, but for these protesters, the law is too restrictive. Yeah, it's hard to, even now to underestimate the impact of that awful, awful tragedy when that uh, Indian woman died in a hospital in Galway, uh, having said that she she wanted to have the, the the child that was inside her aborted to save her to to make sure that she, she could uh, survive but that didn't happen um her death sparked a nationwide campaign uh, against what were uh, and now have uh, thankfully changed draconian abortion laws uh, that we had here that prevented people from having abortions here. And as we know, we've all heard the stories of thousands of women every year getting on boats, getting on planes, traveling to England to have abortions. So it was it was this dirty little secret we had. And Savita's death really just shone a light on that. But it was definitely her death that really triggered uh, the, the public consciousness and the need to, to change laws around that issue. And in the background of 2012, and before we learned about that tragic case of Savita, um, you had tourism bosses uh, in the background basically coming up with this monster initiative for the following year in 2013 that would bring over a rake of new uh, tourists to Ireland. We'd have events all over the country. Ireland 2013 is going to be Ireland's biggest ever tourism initiative. It taps into the essence of who we are as an Irish people. And 
I don't know, Philip, is it fair to say that while these backroom conversations were going on between government and tourist bodies about the gathering, the rest of us were pretty oblivious? Yeah, look, the, the point about the gathering is as well that it wasn't necessarily aimed at the, the Irish general public. It was aimed at the diaspora. It was aimed at uh, international visitors, people with Irish heritage, the Joe Bidens of the world, the people who in America and elsewhere in the world who have this kind of this connection with Ireland um, that they, they feel they're Irish and they have this Irish ancestry. So that's what the Gathering Ireland was really aimed at. And that's why maybe that uh, people here, the general public, weren't overly aware. Now, if you were in the tourism industry, you would have been aware of it because it was it was a bit of cash you could get to 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 host an event, to 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 do some sort of promotion, to to bring people over. So it was cash. And the other side of it is that's worth remembering as well that. The Ireland's international reputation was in tatters around this stage. We were some sort of a banana republic. Do you know, we were, uh, on one stage, we were like, or on one side, we were essentially a tax haven. We were kind of Liechtenstein and the Lithia, as we used to be called, and all the brass plates down the IFSC and our low corporation tax and uh, the laws that allowed people funnel money through uh, Holland and then off to Barbados and wherever, Belize. And and these were the, the, double, the double Irish did they call it or the double Dutch Irish and all these things um, we were seeing and then our entire economy collapsed we had to have the IMF come in and, and, and help us rebuild our country and we would have previously and, and, and other people would have looked at countries that you'd see in Africa or South America it was, is, that's the type of country that the IMF comes in and has to handle their finances so so we were we, we our international image wasn't great then and we were a country that was based on tourism and always have been really uh, for, for the most part so the Gathering Ireland and the government would have seen that, look, we need to rebuild that reputation and get some of that tourism back in and give the impression that we're not just a failed state. Welcome to Ireland, where everybody's got red hair. Well, at least they did with the Red Hair Convention. I suppose that counts. Just one of thousands of amazing events that are happening this year at the Gathering 2013. Wig me! Not Irish enough for you? How about some trad music and some dance? The average uh, Joe or Josephine in Ireland wouldn't have had the money really at that stage to go out for a meal with the family at the weekends or go stay down in Galway or Mayo or whatever. Uh, it wasn't that type of situation. People were wondering how they were going to pay their mortgages. People were wondering if they were keeping jobs. One thing we haven't mentioned is the huge unemployment at that stage. Record levels of unemployment. Mass emigration to all these countries that we were trying to attract the other people over from. So Tourism Ireland... Um decide to bring representatives of Irish media out to New York to kind of promote this wonderful initiative coming down the line in 2013. And while they're there, and uh, one particular radio show, um, The Last Word with Matt Cooper, has a former cultural ambassador and star of the silver screen, Gabriel Byrne, come on. And it all goes a little bit belly up because suddenly this thing called The Gathering is on everybody's radar. 
When Kenny was talking about, in, in that I found slightly offensive speech where he's saying, yeah, we'll all get together now and we'll all have a great time and sure, we'll get them back here and you're all great and keep the flag flying and, the, you know, the economy and uh, we're all great now and that's fantastic. That was not received well here because people are sick to death of being asked to help out in what they regard as a scam. One guy said to me, this is a scam. Well, this is the thing, and like you were alluding to earlier, it wasn't really known by everybody until Gabriel Byrne, uh, Irish actor, star of such films as The Usual Suspects, Miller's Crossing, um, to name a few, um, decides he, he, he didn't really like this idea whatsoever. Gabriel Byrne was one of the first out um, with with really strong comments. This is a this is a word for word what he said now when he was speaking uh, on Today FM. He said the only time the diaspora or Irish Americans are ever mentioned is as tourists. And and quote, how can we get these people here to boost our tourism? And how can we get people back here so that we can share shake them down for a few quid? He says. And then he, he goes on to say one guy I know who's a plumber in Philadelphia. I wonder if he's just working in his house now or something. But he said, said to me, they do not understand that there's a huge recession here. I'm a plumber and I can't afford to get on a plane and bring my family back to see a game of hurling in Bell Mullet or whatever it is. He said, it's a huge ask to say, put your money aside, buy five plane tickets, come back, get involved in our local egg and spoon race and help our economy. So, so this is was was Gabriel Byrne's view, and and in the context there is, look, as a, a quite a prominent uh, Irish man who's done well in America and made his few quid in Hollywood, he he was asked to be a cultural ambassador, and he was asked uh, to promote Ireland uh, over there, but but he felt that that any time he was asked to do that, it was about getting money back. He said, like, even his time as a cultural ambassador, that he didn't feel that he uh, succeeded because the what was really wanted was just people, rich Americans, to come over and spend their money. Like, that's a bad thing. <laughs> you could argue as well that Gabriel Byrne must have had a crystal ball because that budget you uh, referenced in December of 2012, the budget 2013, also saw hikes uh, across drinks, you know, uh, the, the price of the pint and, and a bottle of wine went up. So here we are telling Irish Americans, come over here and spend your money, but it's going to cost you yeah. a, little, a lot more. One of the most controversial measures in that budget was putting one euro on the bottle of wine um, at the time. That, that, was, that was a big one for people who, who liked their little bit little glass of wine in the evenings. No so, joke, Philip. I remember people mm, queuing in their local supermarket before that. The night before. That high kicked in. It and used buying. to be the petrol stations, That's but right. that budget it was the, the off licenses. So look, yeah, look, and, and yeah, the price of, of certain things here was expensive. We all know what hotels do when we have a big event here if it's a concert if it's a sporting occasion or whatever it is ticket prices go up it happens all over the world though like this is the point like a tourist destination when economies rely on tourism they they do what they can and it's all about supply and demand if people stop coming the prices are going to go down, but people like coming here. Um, I, I think the comments from Gabriel Byrne, um, like they were, they were a bit out of left field. Um, you can see the point he was trying to make. Um, that I'm not sure exactly what it was he hoped um, the gathering would do if it isn't <laughs> to just uh, boost the country's tourism economy, uh, since we relied on it so much. So, and it, it in in some ways it seemed a little mean spirited, but it did spark a debate about uh, initiative that people didn't really know about. 
and it also sparked a little bit of debate between um, Gabriel Byrne and uh, Leo Varadkar because on foot of, of Gabriel's initial uh, reaction, Leo uh, Varadkar comes out uh, with this nonsense about women of a certain age, um, you know, paying attention to Gabriel Byrne. And that kind of grew legs across the airwaves as well. And we have a little clip here from the John Murray show at the time. There's been a big outbreak of bitchiness over the gathering. You'll have heard about Gabriel Byrne saying that the gathering was a scam. Well, Tourism Minister Leo Varadkar had this to say to Matt Cooper on The Last Word on Today FM yesterday evening about the Byrne intervention. He's obviously a very popular figure, um, particularly popular with with women of, of a, a certain age group. Meow! Gabriel Byrne wasn't the only one uh, speaking out about the gathering, was he? No, uh, Michael O'Leary, in his usual um, lucid self, also weighed in and and rebranded the the, the gathering as the grabbing, um, and had a, a lot of pretty strong words, especially for Leo Vradker, who he accused of being all talk, and said the gathering was essentially the government trying to screw people for their money. Um, look, Michael O'Leary doesn't hold back when he when he wants to have his pops at government and he, he knows how to grab a headline. But Mr. Radker, like you you said as, as well, he's, he's well able to um, grab a headline himself and his retort to Michael O'Leary was when he's talking about money grabbing, he should look at his own business of uh, Ryanair flights, obviously. And Michael wasn't wrong though because 2013 did see a huge hike. It was kind of a little bit of rip-off Ireland, wasn't it, in that um, hotel prices inflated across the country, not just in the cities, because again, you had events going on everywhere. We've got something for everyone. From the great ginger chef cook-off to the carrot-tossing championships. Bullseye! You don't even need to be a natural redhead. There is a prize for best wannabe redhead, though. Right? I crown thee Queen of the Redheads. Yeah, look, there was a lot of big events. Um, some of them, um, some of them worked. Um, we had that game between Notre Dame and Navy, American football, college American football game. Loads of people came over for that. That was a big weekend. But as as we were discussing, the hotel prices just go through the roof. It's what hotels do. Um, it's not great, uh, especially at the time, um, and we still do. Um, had reduced fat rates um, to to promote tourism. So look, it's uh, there's. There's, there's two sides to this. People are going to restaurants, they can hire people. Again, this was the period where there were huge unemployment and people were trying to find new ways to employ people. The government was trying to find ways. And you know, Philip, we, we are a cynical bunch, let's be honest. If people want to come to see leprechauns, let them come. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, why would you tell people there's no leprechauns? We kill them. I mean, it's just demented. <laughs> And is it, is have we some problem with our identity that we're afraid people actually think we're leprechauns? <laughs> you know what I mean? Huh? I mean you don't you don't hear your man out in New Zealand going, eh, there's no hobbits in New Zealand. <laughs> When we think about all these different um, tourism conventions going on for an entire year in the country, kicking off with a New Year's Eve concert. And, you know, you can scratch our heads and say, oh, God, we're in an era of austerity. Why are tourism bosses pumping 13 million into this? 
But you're going to tell me now that that was justified. Well, look, at the time, 13 million for something like this kind of vanity project for the country would have seemed like a lot. Um, now you could hear about Falsch Ireland spend 13 million. It probably doesn't seem because we got so used to figures. We were always talking about billions of this, billions of that. But at the time when there were so much cuts coming in, 13 million did seem a lot to people to be spent on this. Now, the government will claim and they say that the entire initiative raised 170 million through um, uh, people coming here, people tourism investment, through money made by hotels, money made by restaurants, money made by the various tourist attractions over here. And they said it it, it, it added at least 275,000 additional tourists through that uh, initiative. Now, it's hard not to say that that, that doesn't seem like a success um, when you when you put it down like that. Like the, that that seems like they made money, they got the people in, they increased the employment, they they gave the boost to the tourism industry needed. Um, but it's with a lot of these things, optics is always what it's about. And if you're not really seeing the impact of that 13 million uh, personally, perhaps you were looking at like Gabriel Byrne and thinking the whole thing was a bit of a scam. And when you put it into context like that, I mean, what's your what's your own view, Philip? You're looking at these uh, figures as political editor and you're weighing up 13 million spent. People angry at the time of that spending. But look, this is what we get in return. Was it worth it? You always have to question uh, the government when they when they come out with these big round numbers uh, to say that this is how much a project generated. Uh, but I would look back and perhaps this year is probably not great, but previous years um, since over the last decade or so to say that the tourism industry in Ireland is quite thriving. It is something of a success story since the years of austerity. Uh, you see hotels popping up everywhere, for starters. You can't turn a corner in Dublin without a new hotel jumping up somewhere. Um, we're constantly uh, ending up on various lists from Time Out or whoever else about various parts of the countries and villages and towns that are the, the, the best kept secrets in the world. And then it's just the, the basic places that everybody knows and, and loves, like going around Galway, Mayo, down in West Cork, that, that are, are great tourist de- destinations. And some of the stuff that we have um, as far as tourism is just natural beauty as well. And the, the the great crack of the Irish people, I suppose. <laughs> and you have a little bit of an exclusive for us here today, Philip, because all this talk of the gathering, and I didn't know this when I approached you to ask you, would you come on the podcast and let's reminisce a little bit. But actually, the gathering may well be part and parcel of Irish life in the coming years? Yeah, look, it's it's part of the programme for government. Um, Fine Gael had it in their manifesto. They had what they they wanted to call, what they wanted to have uh, an anniversary event. This year is obviously the 10-year anniversary of the, the gathering from 2013. And they wanted to have a similar initiative, which they, uh, not I don't know how much effort they put into it, it looks like next year, uh, some form of um, reboot of the gathering. Uh, they, I'm told, it won't be as um, it won't be as widespread. There won't be the huge advertising campaign across the globe that there was last time. And it, there could also be, which will be different to the last time, a little bit of a local element to encourage people to to go out and spend in their own communities and go see some of their local tourism attractions and visit some of their local restaurants and pubs. And having Joe Biden splashed across the uh, American broadsheets um, last week, of course, will will help remind people that we're here and that we're a lovely place to visit. That won't have done us any harm at all when it comes to the tourism industry. Uh, we've had 
various broadcasters from CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, uh, Crossroad, even uh, some of the stations in England like Sky News, etc. have been doing daily uh, broadcasts of his visits, seeing Ireland, seeing seeing places like Dundalk. Maybe someone will want to come and see Dundalk after uh, seeing President Biden's village. And we also had the big occasion in Mayo last week as well. You know, it, it, it is a great advertisement for the country having uh, a US president uh, roam around the place, uh, yeah, settling at the various sites and um, yeah, having the, the, the pictures broadcast into sitting rooms across America. If I was working in the tourism industry, the main thing that would be on the front of my mind is how do I cash in on this? How do I make some money out of the new gathering? And my thanks there to political editor at the Irish Independent, Philip Ryan. I'm Siobhan McGuire and today's episode of the Indo Daily was produced by myself, researched by Anna Vegelarchik, recorded by Niall McMonagall with sound by John Smith. Archive clips from RTE, Today FM, News Talk, Tourism Ireland, The Gathering, Fulcher Ireland and independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.